Welcome to a new episode of Doctrine and Doxology. We are glad that you have joined us. I am Skylar Spradlin here with the Larry Jones. Why do you always say the? Because you are one of a kind in my heart and my life, my friend. Oh, okay. There is no well, one then close. Then you could be, if I was doing the intro, I could say the Skylar Spradlin. Yeah, but you don't, so I do. Okay. I do the intro. And I'm just checking. You are one of a kind in every way, the good, bad, the ugly. That's right. We're all unique, like fingerprints. You are one like a, a fingerprint on a seventh toe. Or the eleventh yeah. finger. Yeah. If I got six fingers on one hand... You're that sixth fingerprint, man. You are so unique. Inter interesting. You stick out and I'm stand just out. I'm greatly uh, humbled by that or, hu or humiliated, one or the other. You should be all the things. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good to be here. Absolutely. I don't remember. Um, it's been a while since we've done two consecutive ones. Yeah, we ought to keep gone. it up. And I think, I, I don't know that we're going to be able to keep it up. I mean, yeah. lots Lots of personal things are happening for us right now, and right. lots of ministry things are happening. We have that new preacher's night tomorrow night. Yes, that's exciting. It's so exciting, giving guys a chance to preach in front of a congregation, and then pastors actually also come, and they fill out what we call a preaching review form, uh, meant to encourage and, and kind of um, exhort those young men in, right, right. in their efforts, trying to help them. Uh, basically just give them experience. So I'm actually really excited about that. Um, I think it'll be yeah, good. It'll be a good night. be a fun evening. Yeah, Oklahoma Baptist, just some shout-out here. Oklahoma Baptist are giving them some preaching resources for doing this. Oh, that's uh, good. They usually come in occasionally. and This is the association? This is the state convention. State convention. Yeah, they come in and they um, <laughs> occasionally will give resources to the guys that participate in any given time. We do it a couple times a year. And um, I think that's good. They not only get the experience, they not only get the feedback from pastors who've done it for a while, right, right. Uh, but they also get some good written resources to take home and further their craft. That's cool. Yeah. Right in line with what we're trying to do here with the pastor's cohort. Yes, it is. Lifting up pastors. Because we think a healthy pastor will... Make a healthy church. Absolutely. It's all about the church. Absolutely. So if we can train even like young men in preaching, hopefully the end goal will be a healthy church. Yes. In the long term. So. Absolutely. Well, we have moved away now from the doctrine of God. Yes. The uh, immutable and characteristics Immutable means unchanging. Okay. The incommunicable. Incommunicable. Attributes. Attributes. Means the ones. <laughs> and the communicable traits, attributes. Attributes God doesn't share this. Yeah. Communicable means. The I knew ones it was one of those share. long words. Yes. Immutable. That's still there. They are immutable. They don't change. Uh, we talked about the Trinity last week. Yes. In kind of this brief rambling episode. Everything really still falls under the umbrella of the doctrine of God. Yeah, yeah. But we're kind of shifting focus today away okay. from uh, from his essence, his nature, his character right, right. to one of his acts. Yes. 
I think this is the Maybe, first yeah. act we've looked at, right? One Have of the we first talked, ones on earth. Have we talked about the Bible yet? Have uh, we looked at the doctrine of Scripture? Don't know. If we haven't, then this is the first act of God that we're considering. Yeah. If we have talked about the Bible, this is the second. There you go. I don't know that. But I know what it is. I don't know that we would even say this is the first act God has done on earth. Well, I don't know because he creates the earth. I think a few things were happening before well i think this old ball of dirt was born yes that's true Ooh, interesting because i think before creation he was writing our names in the book of life how about that one Ooh, yeah i didn't think of that i was thinking immediately prior or immediately before creation what are you referring to well god setting his will towards creating and God speaking. He speaks before creation okay. because he speaks creation into existence. So yes. there's, there's some things happening there just immediately preceding the act And there's of already a redemption plan in place mm, before yes. creation. That's pretty cool. So if you haven't guessed what we're talking about, <laughs> we are talking about God's act of creation. Yes. A doctrine of creation which you were just saying actually before we hit the record button that it can actually be really complex. It can be. And it there's a lot can of debate. Be confused. Yeah. So we're not going to cover every aspect of it. That's good. Because I don't think we could cover it well. Well, there's been centuries of debate surrounding it. I personally think it is one of the most important doctrines that a Christian can grasp. Okay. Because so much of the Christian faith and so much of uh, a human being's relationship with God, I think, is determined by our understanding of creation. Right. And so we have evidence as to what God would have us believe, which is which is His Word. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And... Uh, that it took seven days, mm-hmm. and uh, each day was a different event happened, and uh, so and you made it a very important uh, revelation, not a revelation, a, uh, you made it an important, you told me what you believed as a child, and that you think it's probably still true. Yes. And I thought that was pretty insightful, and it kind of, because a lot of us are trying to reason how all these things could have happened in a day's period of time or how all these things could have happened in a week. Mm-hmm. And your comment was, da-da-da-da. Well, my comment was, <laughs> well, first, let's just clarify, we're literalist. Yes, we are. We we take Genesis 1 and 2 literally. Um, But... I don't know if you have this experience where you where you can look back on some of the things you believe and the way you think about some things in the faith and say, I've really actually kind of believed that since I was a kid. Yeah, absolutely. And certainly you've grown in understanding. That God is God, you know, in yeah. the beginning. And you've grown in, in kind of a fuller comprehension, but there are some little things that 
are carryovers of childlike faith. Okay. I think. And this is one of those very few moments for me. I, I was n- never amazed that God created in seven days. Okay. I wondered why he took seven days to do it. Why didn't he just do it in one? And you, you believe he could, right? I did. I absolutely believed he could. And you still believe he could. Absolutely. And the thing I said to you is, uh, if he can resurrect from the dead, I think he can create the world in one day. We can turn water into wine, and we list off all the things water, Jesus lots did. Of other things. I'll walk on water, heal the blind man, uh, cure leprosy, on and on, and raise several people from the dead, actually, right, children and right. Lazarus and others. Then why is it a surprise or a shock that he could create a mature world in seven days? Correct. That's, so, a, that's a very good thought, and it's a really a good way to look at it. Well, yeah, I mean, for me, it was just never a question of how did he do it in seven days. It was why did he do it in seven days, because I still think he could have done it just with the snap of his finger. Right. Just like I don't think it was necessary for him to rest on the seventh day. I don't think it was necessary for him to take seven days to create. I think he was setting a standard and a pattern and an example for humanity. Right, right. So that's my approach to the the to, creation to the Genesis one account and, and literal thoughts about it. I, I don't have any qualms about God speaking light in verse one and not creating the sun until another day verse. three or four. Yeah, so, it, I mean, if that's the case, if I really struggle with that, then I'm probably going to have to call into question all the other miracles He did. Yeah. And I don't, right? I read all the That's other right. things and I say, well, of course God can re- resurrect from the dead. He's God. God. He can do anything he wants. Absolutely. So that certainly applies to how he creates. So to save us from jumping into a whole debate there on the details and the complexities and the disagreements, um, we're just going to establish that we're literalists. We yes. take Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 literal, that God created the heavens and the earth in seven days. Six days. Six days rests on the seventh. Right. And that, this is also very important, he created by his word. That's right. Did you know? Ex nihilo. Without anything. Out of nothing. Out of nothing. Something out of nothing. It's very important. I think it's really cool that John starts his gospel was in the beginning was the word mm-hmm. and that all things were created by him and through him and for him. Yeah, that's that to me is very, very tying back, tying the Old Testament to the New Testament. Yeah. So we, I think, talked about that a little bit last week, didn't we? In the Trinity discussion. Chances are. Even yeah. at creation, we see the triune God at work. We, The father speaking, the son acting as the agent of creation, the spirit Hovering and carrying out the will of the Father and the Son. Yeah. And all these passages that tie back to that. But you think about the way God creates and the sheer power that gives him. Not just to create by his breath, to breathe out stars. And that's, right, right. that's really what Genesis 1 is getting at. He's, he breathes out creation. When he said the heaven and the earth, we're talking about the galaxy. 
Right. But and that the earth. He, but that he did it out of nothing. It's, it's almost incomprehensible to us. Well, just like God is incomprehensible to us. Yes. We can't understand it. We but can't understand him. Think about everything that we make. Human beings have been given a, I think, a creative gene. We make music and paintings and pictures and all right, kinds of things. Right. But we never make anything out of nothing. Correct. We're always starting with something. But God didn't start with something. He started with nothing. And made something. And brought it all into reality all into existence that's just right. that's power yeah now that also leads us to realize that god has most fundamentally revealed himself and related to humanity as creator that's the first most yes. fundamental relationship he has with human beings right, right. creator and we can look at, what was it, Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory Psalms of God. Psalms 19.1, yes. Um, Romans 1. 19. They're without 19. excuse. Yeah. Because the Everything creation. Everything is evident to them. Yes. Namely, his invisible attributes, his divine power and invisible attributes are clearly perceived through creation. All of these things help us to come together to say, God made creation and made things in a way that it's undeniable that he's there. And if it's undeniable that he's there and the creator of all things, he's therefore our creator, which has embedded in it a sense of accountability. We answer the creator. Yes. So that's what I wanted to get at personally this morning. This is why I think the doctrine of creation is so important and why it's often under attack. Because if you can remove a creator, you remove accountability. And if you That's remove true. if you yeah. remove accountability, I don't have to answer for my sin. In fact, there is no sin. There is no right and wrong. And I'm free to do whatever. There's no judgment. There's no punishment. There's no discipline. So if I can cut at the legs of creation, I absolve myself and free myself from the guilt of sin. Ultimately, yeah. So that's why I think creation is one of the biggest doctrines that's under attack. Very good. But if you have to confess that everything came from something, and that something is a person, and that person is God, and he's creator, then by default, my relationship with him is one of accountability. He's greater than I. I have to reckon to him as his creation, uh, who I am and what I've done, and on and on and on. Right. And we can see, uh, when I look at creation, uh, especially if I'm trying to share the gospel with someone, uh, in my mind at least, I've thought several times how I would start looking at creation and start looking at the beautiful creation God made for us to live in. Mm-hmm. And all, all every part of it, the, the grand mountains, the seas, the... Uh, the fields, uh, all the beauty, the rainbows, yeah. uh, the power of uh, lightning storms, and in the vastness of the universe, all these are pointing to God. He's given us a wonderful place to live in because he loves us and cares for us. And then that carries on to he loved us so much 
that he gave his only son yep. uh, so that we would not have to uh, die, uh, spend eternity of separation in hell, but that we could have our eternal life with him. Absolutely. Uh, his love is just flowing around us all the time, and, and it's visible to the eye. Yeah. So people are without excuse. Yeah, Every everything here is a shadow of eternity. And so the greatest experience of love that we have here well, God is better, and the, the love we experience here is meant to point us to that love that comes from God. Right. The beauty that we see in creation means that our Creator is beautiful and values beauty, and one day we're going to behold a beauty like we've never seen before. Yeah, uh, All of these things point us to um, God in His character and in our relationship with Him. Right, right. So I find the doctrine of creation to be very important, very exciting, because it does reveal to us God's value of beauty, God's value of order, God's value of creativity, God's value in diversity. Um, he cherishes yeah. all these things. That's true. And his ability to to, to think, to, to envision and, and make something so distinct and unique from something else is... How powerful is the Marvelous. mind of God to have created in such great intricate detail all the elements that are what we see and look at every day. Absolutely. The human cell the, or the cell of an animal or the cell of a tree. And uh, with what precision and detail. Right. The working of the human body, the, the rotation of the earth, all of these things are, are done in great precision. Sure. Distance from the sun. Just yeah. the perfect distance. I mean, it just shows not us... Not an inch off. It shows us that God not only is a God of quantity, He's a God of quality. He does everything to the highest quality, uh, even creation. Right, right. But we would be amiss if we didn't go back to what you were talking about just a minute ago. Creation is also a, a clear witness to humanity's sin. That's correct. Romans 8. Creation groans as it waits for the revealing of the sons of God. Right, right. Uh, we have earthquakes. We have natural disasters, tsunamis, tornadoes, hurricanes, fires, death. All because sin came in and didn't just corrupt us. It affected all creation. And so this is just a taste of what it could have been like. This this world is and is... This creation, as wonderful as it is, still plagued with sin. Yes. And so I can't, well, I can't wait to view the the new heavens, the new right. earth. So I was, yeah, it makes us long for the for all things to be made new. Right. And the glory and the beauty and the wonder that's going to be there in a new creation, when animals aren't fighting against humanity and humanity's not Lion fighting against down with the lamb. each other. Yeah. And Child will put his hand in a, a hole of a cobra. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, crazy. Anyways, I think creation reveals a lot of wonderful truths about God um, and about the real nature of broken humanity. Yeah. And it forces us to look to God and say, how much longer we're, we're ready for heaven? We're ready for new heaven and new earth? Yes. We're ready yes. for all things to be made right. But, you know, it's not enough. Creation is not enough to know God. 
It's enough to be held accountable by God. That's true. The Bible has been given to us. Jesus has been given to us so that we might actually know him personally. Yeah, what? how could you ever think that an amazing God could live within us and give us guidance and direction? Yeah. Convict us of our sin and, and draw us to God. Absolutely. Such a great plan of salvation. It's just amazing to me. I agree. I agree. Well, we obviously didn't cover everything, but hopefully we spurred on some thought. Yeah, hope so. Stirred up some uh, curiosity, maybe, for people as they think about the world that they occupy. It's not just random or, or by chance, or it's not just evolved. It was specifically and precisely created to reveal to us who God is and who we are in relationship to Him, and even today, that we actually need Him to make things new, including us. Right. It gives us a new appreciation for the spaces that we occupy. Yeah, I, I, I just recently took a trip, and uh, during that trip, I got to observe a lot of... Whales. We talked about this last week. I know, but I got to, I got to view a lot of God's creation. Whales. Whales were included, yes. But giant trees and beautiful coastlines and a lot of greenery and... Uh, it was just, you know. Didn't you say it, it, it made me humble myself? It it humbled me before God just to realize a segment of His greatness, didn't even you that small segment. You say you saw a C six sea lion. I may have said that, but it was by accident. <laughs> I think so. I think you said you saw a C six sea lion. I uh, saw several sea lions. Be a horrible existence for a sea lion to get seasick. Especially if, if he had to sit on a, a buoy out in the water and rock back and forth. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Well, that, we're digressing, but uh, we, do, we do appreciate what God has done, and, and especially how he reached down and, and convicted us of our sin, gave us the faith to believe in him. Yeah. And then and opened the hope our of eyes. A, the hope of a new creation, yeah. for sure. Well, um, as always... We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear from you to, to see how this has maybe stirred you up. Maybe uh, some of your insights or thoughts that you could share with us would always be uh, helpful and encouraging. We like to hear from those who hear from us uh, to know how God may be using us. You can do that at um, our social media stops, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can find us all there on all of those. You can also go to DoctrineDoxology.com and find out everything you would hope to find out. There's the home of the podcast, uh, also some other resources and information about the pastor's cohort and how you can support that ministry um, as it's still ongoing and as we have right. always continued cost in terms of shipping and things like that. So uh, if you're curious about joining this ministry, go to DoctrineDoxology.com, learn more, and consider donating. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. I'm done. Okay, let me uh, pray for us, and uh, we'll be dismissed. <laughs> Our Father, we are truly grateful and thankful because you created such beauty for us to behold, and this beauty is to draw us to you and to glorify you. Help us, Lord, to always be appreciative of, of the work you've done and 
and always appreciative also for the work you've done in our hearts, uh, drawing us to you, uh, calling us, making us part of your family, and then you open our eyes to the truth. Uh, thank you for that. Please help us to share your great truth and love with the lost and help us to walk in holiness before you. Uh, give us the power to do that. We truly love you, and we thank you so much for loving us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. <laughs>